All right, lads. Welcome back. Welcome, as the case may be, to the Yank account, the podcast with a name so bizarre that if you told your grandmother about it, she would probably give you a really strange look. Not that you would tell your grandmother about it, but nonetheless, you should. Uh, we're here today. You should, actually. You should definitely tell your grandmother about it, because um, I'm your sure nan. she would really enjoy it. Yeah, tell your nan. Tell your da, your nan. Welcome, anyways. Uh, I have, once again, my cast of correspondents from around the southeast of the United States. Uh, joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, once again, we have Taryn, representing the Red Devils of Manchester United. Taryn, what's up? What is up? And uh, we also, for the first time, have joining us Matt, coming at us from Charlotte, North Carolina, and representing the Toffees of Everton. So, gonna hear some saucy stuff. Matt, how you doing? Uh, no, actually, I, I stopped supporting Everton. I'm <laughs> oh, actually wow. gonna, this I'm actually this. gonna kill myself. He's representing oh, okay. depression. <laughs> <laughs> representing depression as a state. That's my truth be told. Yeah, and then finally, or well, apart from me, we have Druv coming at us from Greenville, North Carolina. Druv, how are you doing today? Oh yeah, and he's representing the Blues of Chelsea, lest I forget. Wow, yeah, we're doing just peachy over here. All right, yeah, and then I am your humble host, Sam, representing the Magpies of Newcastle United. So there's a little bit of inter-drama in the group today with a certain result that took place on Tyneside this past weekend. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Realize Sunderland uh, played. <laughs> now that's Wearside. That's Wearside. Uh, know your geography yeah, before you come on. I know, I know that's what Sunderland. That's is disrespectful to me. Newcastle. That's disrespectful yeah. to you, to Matt. All of us. Yeah, fuck you, Taryn. <laughs> oh, uh, we do have a lot to talk about this week. Plenty of Premier League action. After we uh, finish up with that, we're going to go into another riveting round of State Your Case this week uh, with a very, very juicy question uh, and a new segment that we call Who's More Shit? Uh, Matt and Taryn will be debating which of their clubs is more shit than the other. Then uh, we're going to get into a little debate on the VAR of this season. There's been a lot of controversy around the refereeing still, even despite the introduction of VAR. So that's a segment that we're going to call VAR, Game Changing Technology or FA Hoax. And then after that, we're going to go into a brew review, as we always do to close out the podcast. This week, we have Blue Moon with a Harvest Pumpkin Wheat, getting into the fall spirit with this pumpkin-flavored beer. Um, So we'll review that a little later on. Uh, but with that being said, lads, I'm ready to get started, so I think it's about time that we talk some Premier League. First off, we got, uh, well, we'll just go in chronological order right now, running down the results this past week. Uh, First off, we had Brighton taking on Tottenham, and uh, Brighton actually took their willies out and slapped Spurs (laughs) in the face, right across the face with them, 3-0 to Mm. Brighton, and Tottenham's bad season continues to get worse. Mm. Um, Aston Villa apparently heard the last episode in episode one when I called them my most disappointing team of the season so far, so they responded with a 5-1 drubbing of Norwich City. Everton... Sorry, sorry, petition to... uh... To rename Brighton uh, Bayern Hove and Albion. <laughs> Bayern Hoven? <laughs> oh, Bayern Hove and Albion. Yep, That's yep. what you did there. Bayern Hove and Albion. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I will sign that change.org petition. So it, it was no seven. Account. It was no seven goal game, but. 
Close man, enough. Not quite 7-2. Not quite a, t- a touchdown uh, for, Nor- <laughs> for Brighton in that just game. Just a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a field goal. <laughs> can only get three on the board. Uh, like I said, Aston Villa with a uh, defeat of Norwich. Everton with a really demoralizing and disheartening loss to Burnley that we'll certainly talk more about uh, in just a bit. Um, in fact, Matt, that, let's right. just get this over with. Why don't we just dive into this as the Everton fan among us? How do you feel about the state of your 18th placed Toffees uh, at this point in the season? My God. Uh, I feel just peachy, Samuel. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled that yet again we have broken the bank, brought in ass loads of players for ass loads of money, and have found the exact same fucking results as every single time we've tried it. Um, I'm so just what, absolutely the over the moon. Is the problem is the problem with the players? It was is it with the manager? Is it with the culture, the fans, the atmosphere surrounding the club? Like, let's break into this because it feels like every week we just talk about how Everton continue to flatter to deceive, and it never gets better. It's getting worse each week, and it I I'm worried for Everton right now. Well, okay, it definitely definitely starts with the tactics right now because. We're doing the same thing every single match, and we're getting the same results. We keep uh, popping up these 1-0 losses to teams that we are absolutely dominating and should be beating. And it's because it's the same strategy the whole time. We have the ball, and all we do is crank it out to the wings and pump in crosses and hope that something bounces the right way. Or, Shout out, you know, OBG. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is, is not <laughs> necessarily hog. the best person to rely on in terms of a target man. So... It definitely starts with the tactics, and I'd like to see some changes. And thus far, have not seen that whatsoever. And uh, I just want to say that our ability to utterly capitulate anytime there's ever a set piece is just mind-bogglingly fucking stupid. So at this, at this point, there. it has to be it has to be Silva out then, correct? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's what we do here at Everton. We're going to obviously panic, fire, and hire a shitty relegation. Is it panic? Sam, the return. How do you feel about Silva? Are you, I understand, like, it, there's a lot of teams that experience this vicious cycle of manager out, manager in, and repeat. But at this point... Here's the thing. Yeah, the, the, the fuse is pretty short now. I mean, we were giving him the benefit of the doubt... We don't want to hastily fire and rehire and go through all this cycle after it's taking so long to get adjusted to the tactics and build a team around a manager and who he wants. But something's got to give, and it's got to give immediately because this is ridiculous and it can't keep happening. And if he doesn't start showing some fluidity with his tactics and start changing things up, then, yeah, I think it's time to start thinking about that. I, my thing with Silva is that it doesn't really feel like... I mean, it feels like he has a plan up until the final third. It's like, it, it, Everton actually really don't look bad in their interplay a lot of the time. But it's just, yeah, and, and Matt said this earlier. When you get to the final third, the strategy is go to the wing, go to the either the overlapping fullback or the winger, and hoof it in the box. And, that's, and especially with the strikers right now that Everton have, and I mean... That's the thing, like, since Lukaku, there's just been no real, like, attacking threat from the striker position for Everton. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's safe to change their style of play, but it also might be some of these signings that they've made that they've spent a lot of money on 
are good players, you know, like and Moise Keane, he looks like a good player. I guess it's Moise Keane, I should say, but he, he looks good, but I mean, he, <laughs> Moist, Moist Keane, he needs time to settle in. I, it, these players that are coming from these other leagues, they need, they're going to need time to settle in. And they'll yeah, never get could, it as long as we're in disaster <laughs> mode. You could, you could argue that, but I mean, I, and I love him as much as the next one, but Gilfie has been shocking. He has truly been shocking this season. Agreed. And, uh, I had to change Andre Gomez, fantasy Andre team. Gomez too. Well, and Gomez it's, it's has just, been injured, and I'll say that that's been a big miss in our squad that we're uh, yeah. definitely going to appreciate having back. It's really but just. Hard I agree, Taryn. It's time to drop Sigurdsson, but it will be I, down and the that, middle. That's. I think that's oh, the the only the rational decision. I mean, obviously, he's been a great player for you in the past. He, in my opinion, is one of the more talented, you know, tens in the world. But he's just fallen into that Ozil trap, where he's having difficulty producing and. He's just he's just a missing man on the field. Truly Agreed. a ten v eleven. Plus, Agreed. I mean, the absence of Gay as well can't be really overstated because mm-hmm. Schneiderlin has come in and taken his place, and <laughs> oh, he's nowhere horrible. near. Yeah, he's just nowhere near the same quality of player. And we've well, seen. Well, I mean, we signed our replacement for him, and he immediately got injured for weeks and yeah, weeks. Yeah, uh, so. g- <laughs> right? That's yeah. just kind of how it's gone. For, uh... But I mean, you see, I mean, Gay was always, I think, a bit of an underappreciated player in the Premier League. Oh, he's I mean, he's looking. getting the attention he deserves now at PSG, yeah, and I think people are really starting to realize how, how absolutely crucial he was to our success. What little for success sure. we did have. <laughs> For sure. All right, well, we'll talk a little bit about Everton a bit later. Uh, Moving on in the Premier League action this weekend, Liverpool dive to survive against Leicester City. Uh, Very (laughs) close match. It ended 2-1. It It was 1-1 towards the end of the match, but um, I think it was Origi uh, went down very easily in the box. It was Mane. It was Mane. 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 Was it even a dive, though? It just seemed like a boneheaded decision to me. It was just a poor decision Not a great tackle, but such a... It went down so soft. easily, I mean, and if he soft, stayed up, if he stayed wrong. on his feet there, if he stayed on his feet there, I don't know if the referee would have given that. You know, I wouldn't. I mean, have. yeah. So, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah. Was it maybe like worthy of a foul? The, yeah. 90, I mean, it wasn't. It's the ninety fourth or ninety fifth minute. I don't even remember. You you just got a hook. I don't know it's quite that. I mean, you. It's, it's clear. Yeah. It's so late in the game. You don't you don't play around like that. You put your laces through it and you go home and tell your mom you booted it forty yards <laughs> and she gives you a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on from that game, which kept Liverpool perfect this season, now eight wins out of eight matches. Um, moving on, Chelsea uh, Drew's team, who he also he once again. Uh, basically forced us to say this in the in the recap of this weekend, <laughs> but Chelsea did look really really good against Southampton. Uh, Tammy Abraham is looking the part as the number Proving nine the at Chelsea wrong. right now. Yeah. And as Mason, a, as a doubter, well, as a doubter, I'm incredibly impressed with this play. Yeah, Nicolo Conte scored, uh, and you know Frank Lampard really is doing quite well with that team. So Drew, what do you have to say about that? I'm just saying, man, the only way is up from here. Um, you know, there's talks of uh, the transfer right, ban, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with that. Let's just go on. <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna I, just, I'm just kidding, dude. Go on. Go on. No, no we're, uh, there's talks of the transfer ban being lifted in January, so we're going to be looking to making more signings then. Um, you know, everyone in the team's playing well. Uh, we're still not at full strength. We're still missing Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Antonio Rudiger, um, 
Calum Hudson Adoy is getting match fitness still. But yeah, Ruben, everything's Ruben everything's looking up. Really, I really, really rate Ruben Loftus Cheek. He is just a fantastic player. On his day, on his day, he's a top five Premier League midfielder. Like I when, totally when, agree. Once with he that. once he becomes match fit, the guy's like a baby rhinoceros in the midfield. <laughs> okay, but I'm days. here to overreact about the criminal misuse of Christian Pulisic. It's not criminal. Um, no, Lamps it's really play, not. It's a meritocracy. It's a meritocracy. It's a meritocracy. No, yeah, but he. But he's American, and I'm American. <laughs> oh, yeah, my that's, bad. that's my true. Bad. That's true. And this is the this is the quality punditry that you're looking for when you're you right, tune into the right. account right here. Just unbiased. You gotta play my kids, lad. Play, <laughs> play the American. My son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say, those three players you named, Drew, all really, really big players. I mean, uh, Hudson Odoi is right back in the first team. I think as soon as he gets healthy. Um, and Rudiger as well, and Loftus Cheek, like Taryn was saying, all all really good players. So I think yeah, the Loftus Chelsea Loftus Cheek over Barkley or Willian any day, despite how good Willian's been playing. Barkley should not be Different in the players. same sentence as Ruben Loftus Cheek. I'm sorry. Unless it's preseason. <laughs> Unless it's preseason. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Willian and Loftus Cheek are different players, obviously, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly I think that all three of those players are first-teamers. So when they get healthy, I think Chelsea for sure is going to be challenging, uh, it, 100% challenging top six. I think challenging top four. Looking at the other teams in that area of the table right now, I don't know if you can even, yeah, I think Chelsea's probably, it's certainly the most talented. So we'll see how Lampard sort of does with them. Uh, not a great day on Sunday in the city of Manchester. <laughs> because <laughs> in the early game... Manchester City, looking to keep pace with Liverpool, did not do so. They got beat by two Adama Traore goals to Wolves. Lost that game 2-0. Yeah, and I mean, that was like Adama Traore's first first goal in like a crazy amount of games. I I don't know exactly how how long, but he doesn't score that often. And he he got a brace (laughs) against the defense. He's certainly crucial. He's crucial to them when You know what? Yeah, he's he's deserved it. He's a fantastic player on his day. And is there a more yoked player in the Premier League? I don't think so. I don't think so. That no. man is jacked. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I mean, West Morgan doesn't play anymore, does he? Um, no. Oh no, he still plays for Leicester. Yeah, West Morgan still plays. Does he? I mean, he's jacked. Yeah, yeah. He's more of a stocky, but Adam Traore's got like his biceps are like eighteen inches. That man's. He could easily just... be an NFL running back. There's oh, okay. no yeah. doubt about that. I, Little I Maurice Jones drew action. He could <laughs> pound that hole any day of the week. Adam Atroyori drew. Um, yeah, so now uh, the city's ramshackle defense sort of got uh, penetrated once again. Uh, they're just one point ahead of Arsenal. <laughs> one point ahead of Arsenal at this stage of the season, and that's like, I mean, you know, we give Arsenal shit all the time, but the is this that- a testament to Arsenal's transformation? <laughs> oh my god! Or is it a testament they're to only the turn of the two ball points fraud? below City? <laughs> One point. one point. I think they're. One I think point. City's just one yeah. point behind Arsenal. It's a um, solitary point. They're two yeah, points so. behind us and Crystal Palace are ahead of us. Emery in. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit last week about whether Man City were out of the title race, and that was last week before this happened. Liverpool wins again. Man City loses again. Uh, all right. Looking at the table here, I mean, it's not good reading for City fans. Uh, eight points back, <laughs> eight games into the season. God. Are are they are 
Man no. City, do they have a chance? No, there's, still there's 30 not games out. left. They're still not easy, out. They're still not out. Easy. Liverpool oh. gave up a 10-point 10 uh, 10 lead last season, and I'm hoping it happens again. So yeah. keep our yeah, fingers crossed. There's... Liverpool still have to play City head-to-head twice, and that's going to make a huge difference in points. And, and think about it this way. As soon as Brexit goes through, Firmino, Salah, and Mane are getting deported. Right. <laughs> He's right. That's, that's you, you always wow. have to account for that. Oh. And everyone think, knows that City's core of English talent will pull them through. They've just been known academy players. John Stones. John Stones. <laughs> hey, I'll just say, if, if Brexit happens, I'll be the first to say Burnley wins the league. Chelsea. Chelsea wins the Chelsea league. Chelsea will win the league, Unfortunately. Yeah. It's true. No one even going to spare a thought to Leicester. You know, they've got some they got some uh, real lads, real English lads in that team. Too. Yeah, Matt, Madison's been phenomenal, too. Yeah, Straight yeah, baller. absolutely. Yeah, we just didn't really talk too much about Leicester uh, in the, you know, when we talked about that Liverpool-Leicester match. Let's I'm just sure we'll get back to them. They're it. still, they're in fourth. <laughs> they're in fourth. Uh, a level on points with Chelsea and also Crystal Palace, who were tied. Yeah. Uh, they're in sixth. Um, really wonderful job by Roy Hodgson so far at Crystal Palace. They actually they beat West play, Ham. They play attractive football, and West Ham are not a team to scoff at this season either. Excuse me, did you just say football? Yeah, it's football. What, this uh, isn't. This shouldn't be a debate. We're talking this football. Be a debate. We're talking football here. I don't know. Drew, the, the bio of our Twitter account is beer banter football. Like I don't know, I don't see the problem. Yeah, dude. The, the question is, if there's an issue. Bonker. You don't belong on this podcast. The mm. question is, does Liverpool win the league or do the Patriots close it out? I mean, you have to. It begs to be asked. <laughs> Probably both, I and mean, then I'm gonna go kill myself. The AFC Northwest <laughs> is a pretty tough division. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Crystal Palace up in sixth, beating West Ham two one, coming back from behind in that game. they they scored a, a late winner that at first was disallowed, yeah, almost but then did not uh, was. Yeah, overturned, made a good goal by VAR. So, And we'll, uh, like I said, talk a little bit about VAR more later because that was a, another big factor in the Liverpool-Leicester match. But moving on to the match that obviously I want to talk about the most and Taryn wants to talk about the least. <laughs> the about uh, Magpies of Newcastle United and Steve Bruce pulled out a 1-0 victory over Manchester United. Uh, the Longstaff brothers absolutely Long. bossed it. Staff in the midfield. Energy. Long staff energy from Newcastle led them to victory this week. But I have to say, watching that match, my first reaction wasn't even about the Newcastle team. This is the most dire Manchester United team that may have existed in the past 40 years. It's just it they look hopeless going yeah, forward. And and I mean let's let's just cut to the chase here. There is one simple solution to this. We saw the Longstaff brothers doing very well in the midfield. We've got to get Florentine into the United squad. It's, it's just got to happen. Atlanta United rocking the back. Florentine Pogba. I've watched him play live a couple of times. You know, that, that chemistry, that brother-to-brother connection, honestly could just send us straight to the top of the table. See, what I thought you were going to say there is that you were just going to sign the Longstaff brothers because Man United were in for Sean Longstaff this <laughs> Simply summer. sign now, them. Now, Sean, Long- <laughs> <laughs> Sean Longstaff might not even be the best Longstaff brother on the Newcastle team anymore. I mean, that is that is hilarious to me, by the way. Uh, not oh, only he had a are fantastic they two- game. He had a fantastic game. 
he, he, despite, I mean, he, Matty Longstaff, who came into the team, it was his first ever Premier League start. Uh, he, he almost scored an even better goal in the first half. Yeah, hit the uh, Like a half volley yeah. outside of the foot, hit the crossbar. Uh, but then he scored a, just a, a really well-struck shot into the bottom mm-hmm. left corner to the only goal that was in that game. And the Longstaff brothers in the midfield right now is such a good story. I, I fucking love the Longstaff brothers, lads. I'll be <laughs> honest. Like, it, the best As brothers to play for Newcastle since the Amiobis. Maybe even better. They might already be better than the Amiobis. <laughs> Sammy Amiobi. <laughs> hey, it just goes to show you, porn websites have it right, you know? You, you can't buy a long stuff. Despite what internet ads it. might tell you, there are no... Re- you just gotta click on those side ads say, for right. the pills. Matt, I heard about right. this one simple trick that... <laughs> Really one simple trick Red to Devils Premier League success. Him. <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> there's just no oh, substitute God. for having a long staff when it gets down to it, especially or when two. it comes to penetrating or the other two. team's defenses. Yeah, and two long staffs on, you know, uh, a couple young English lads in defense. That I mean, that's a spit roast. That's two a heads saucy, are better than one. A saucy 90 minutes of viewing right there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, how do we even how do we even move on from that right there? Uh, I guess, Taryn, Taryn, you haven't really given us the lowdown on your team, the Red Devils. So, uh, just, you just like, wait. What? You just wait for that. State your case. And <laughs> I, right, well, that, I will give you everything that I have to offer. Sam, Sam let's it is a lot. tactical breakdown of what's going right for Newcastle in these big six games. Well, so the here's the thing, though. Both of our wins are not against a team in the Big Six. They're against Spurs and United. Oh. <laughs> so they're not Big Six games. <laughs> they're not. Uh, I genuinely believe Arguably that. bottom six. Defeated. I mean, we we drew Brighton at home. We got absolutely shafted 5-0 Leicester. I genuinely I mean, think no. that, I mean, we have been beating those. We, the two wins we had this season, we beat those teams because they were that awful. Um, you know, I, like Newcastle did look pretty good against Man United, uh, but they still had most of the ball and they just couldn't do much with it. I will say though that uh, I do think so Saint Maximin. That's who I was gonna say. Alan Saint Maximin has been. He's just a bright spark so far. Hasn't really, uh, you know, he he had like a hockey assist on that goal we scored against United, um, but he's he's obviously got some tricks up his sleeve. Uh, still a little disappointed by Almiron. You know, I hope he he gets a goal because he needs that boost for his confidence. Uh, you know, but like the midfield looked so good with the Longstaff brothers. I really think going forward, that's our starting midfield. Yeah, and the, I think teams could handle one Longstaff, but two is too many. <laughs> too kind many staffs and too long right. as well. It's yeah, hard to handle Willem, two Longstaffs at once. Willem as well looked like a great Willem player. He's, yeah, he's all right. Jetro, he's uh, he's all right. I don't think he's spectacular. Um, I think he loves making those forward runs, and he sort of just got into a good position for the goal. But yeah, like genuinely, uh, the whitest midfield in the Premier League with those two Longstaff brothers, like literally the palest kid I think I've ever seen is is Matty Longstaff. <laughs> Eyelashes are blonde. Yeah. So, but I love that, and I think going forward, he Matty Longstaff came into the team because Hayden was suspended actually, but um, you know we. We look great with that midfield, and they both have so much energy, so much spark, and they both love playing for this club, and it's so great to see, like, local lads, 
in the midfield, holding it down, just two brothers. It's awesome. So I hope we keep with them going forward, but I don't think we're um, out of the shit yet, I'll be honest. Honestly, honestly, Newcastle seem to do well when their midfielders can't play and just whoever's next in line steps up and they're better. <laughs> if you guys keep injuring your midfielders, you could have a world-class team in probably weeks. The problem is the next up right now would be John Joe Shelby, and uh, you know, I think <laughs> Lord Voldemort himself. Indeed, I think the Death Eaters have been well, defeated. As as they say, <laughs> though, point. he will rise again. Someone like destroyed a Horcrux or something, because like John Joe <laughs> Shelby has not been at his best. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just a quick summary. Yeah, Manchester not a great day for that city. <laughs> One uh, of his Horcruxes surely was Alan Pardew. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Pardew was a John Joe Shelby Horcrux. Um, and whoever me. destroyed him, that's, wow. That's that's the, uh, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, I think it's time to move on, once again, to another rousing round of State Your Case. State your name, cuz. And what are we doing today? Reffing, innit? Yeah? Fucking <laughs> reffing, innit? Yeah? Fire in the pot. Let's go. <laughs> man, Chassis better than me. Tell my man, shut up. Shut up. Mention my name in your tweets. I rule by shut up. Shut up. Better than me? Shut up. Shut up. Best in the scene. Tell my man, yo, yo, come and call me a backup dog. State your fucking case, lad. All right, today we have two really, really spicy matchups coming at you. Uh, we're gonna do a little, uh, a little different. We're we're gonna do it a little different today. Basically, uh, the theme of today is who's more shit, and then who's less shit. Mm. So the first question is going to be who's more shit, and it's Taryn versus Matt. Uh, so basically, the question you guys will be debating today is Everton or Man United. Who is more shit? And not just in the table, because obviously Everton are lower in the table, but who's underachieving more considering the squad cost, everything surrounding the club, all those sorts of factors. So first off, I think we're going to start with Taryn because he's chomping at the bit here to get his his say on this. But Taryn, who is more shit, Everton or Manchester United? You know, in, in our notes for this episode, um, somebody wrote, obviously Everton is worse. And I have to disagree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everton look just dire. But at least they passed the ball forward. United have played more horizontal balls than Morgan Schneiderlin has ever played in his entire life. And we'll just go ahead and exclude the time that he spent at United. Thanks for that, by the way. Thanks for passing that (laughs) off to us. Yes. Um... And it's just, it's just so bad. I mean, even Lee Dixon was having a, having a go <laughs> was, at Fred multiple times. There was some times. banter from the commentators going on yes, in that game. And, and Fred really, as, as much as, you know, you gotta, you have to throw him a little bit of respect, if only for the PSG game, but he looked like, you know, he looked like a, like a Sunday league player. He just passed it Fred horizontally Flintstone. the entire game. He he never looked to attack. McTominay looked to attack, but he clearly doesn't have the ball playing skills to make it happen for whatever reason, and I have to attribute this to Solskjaer. We will not overload when we attack. There's no commitment of players forward. It's simply 
you know, send send the three people who are highest on the pitch at the defense and hope that by some miracle they create something that puts the ball in the net. And watching it is just brutal. It's it's a lack. There's just so much lacking. There's there's a lack of confidence from the players, obviously. There's a lack of competence from several of our players. And, and you know, they, they're, they're not fighting towards the end of the game. Even Rashford, who normally sprints his, his ass off when he's losing a game, was just kind of listing around lazily. He's in horrible form as well. And if you, if you put United up against Everton right now, I, I totally believe that Everton would win. There's just wow. no productivity. There's no creativity. There's no identity, as I said last episode. We, we simply don't know our ups from our downs. Solskjaer is a mess, and I hate this club. That's basically all I have to say. <laughs> wow. Karen, I, I have to weigh in and say that as long as you can put in literally one corner, then you can beat Everton. Um, <laughs> See, but, but that would require us to pass the ball forward. Not necessarily. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's te- it's technically to backwards. If you're taking a corner, it's technically we, backwards if you look at the side of the field you're facing. No, I'm so. saying we have to pass it forward to get it in a position to put in a corner kick. You guys had a lot of corners against Newcastle. You couldn't. Harry Maguire missed a sitter. He should have. Yeah, yeah he certainly did. But, I mean, I mean I'm not. I'm Karen, not I know sense. there's not much going on there in the attack, but you have to remember that we lost. 2-0 to Sheffield United, and they had one shot on target. <laughs> <laughs> that does inspire hope for whenever we match up later in the season. Look, look here, he, Taryn, here's exactly why Everton are definitely more shit than Manchester United, okay? <laughs> because this was always a rebuild year for United. Whether United fans admit it or not, it is. Right, this is your time to reset, figure stuff out, you know, develop the future, but also, you know, kind of steady the ship a little bit. Um, and granted, it's not going well even within those sort of terms. But you have to remember that this is Everton's year to be good, right? There's <laughs> wow. never been a better chance for us to get into the top six. Right? There's, there's top six teams depleted more than they have been in a long time with Tottenham playing so bad, United playing so bad, Arsenal's still not that great. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Chelsea in a yeah. rebuild year. <laughs> Granted, looking great, but, you know, they shouldn't, shouldn't be. Um, uh, and this was our chance, and we're fucking capitulating just like every season, so... Honestly, it's just become a downward spiral, and I'm left with utterly no expectations, and I'm still disappointed. And I, I have one more thing to say. Um, it's just that United barely grazed by Astana. We went to penalties against Rockdale. We failed to score against AZ Alkmaar, or however you pronounce that, a Dutch team. At least you actually you pronounce guys... you you pronounce Alkmaar right, and you pronounce Rochdale wrong, which is yeah. surprising. <laughs> but go on, whatever. But you know, at least Everton were able to put four past Lincoln. We couldn't even put a goal past Alkmaar. We just it's 
Just what? It's uh, or a shot yeah. on target. <laughs> or a shot on yes, or a shot on target. We literally could not look at the goal and put a boot to the ball. That an, an entire failure to even attempt to score. No, For at least you'll minutes. have European football ever. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Wow, this is this is one hundred percent the hardest decision that I yeah. think we've had yet yeah. on Stage Your Case. It really is. I am so <clears throat> torn because both of them made really good points, and both teams really are shit. So, you know, I hate to put you on the spot here, Drew, I'm going to go to you first for your decision on who stated their case better. Oh, my God. Honestly, it just made me sad hearing these two. Um, <laughs> I'm welcome sad. welcome like, to my fucking world, Drew. Like <laughs> it's fucking miserable. Liverpool are going to win the goddamn league and Everton are in the relegation. So. I'm sorry, but, yeah, I'm going to have to go with, with Matt. Uh, when Matt said they, they this was supposed to be their year, it was supposed to be their year. Um, it's all year. Uh, you could compare them to Leicester. Like, Leicester got a quarterfinal in the Champions League, won a league, <laughs> won a league title, um, have bought very well in uh, Madison, Tielemans. And you just thought that Everton would be like be like them, but they're not. And uh, they're capitulating, as Matt said. Yeah, I... Taryn, I I really do. I did think your argument was very good, especially when you got to the European uh, failures so far in the Europa League this year. Yep. But I am going to give it to Matt, too. I mean, Everton didn't come into the season thinking, oh, we don't look as good as we have. We're, you know, we're going to struggle. This isn't going to be good. They came into the season thinking, hell yeah, we're, we got some good players. We spent some money. We got you think we'd learn by now. <laughs> you would think, but uh, Matt, we're going to give the point to you. You've moved on to the championship round. Thank you, but also, so well done. I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, me versus Dhruv. And uh, we just talked about who's more shit. Now we're going to move on to a slightly more uplifting topic of who is less shit. So we're going to be talking about which managers are overachieving the most with their squad this season. So I'm going to start us off here. And I'm going to go with uh, probably a popular pick on this question. I'm going to go with Brendan Rodgers, who's the manager of Leicester City. And Leicester City have been looking just really, really well, looking really good this season. They're in fourth place. Um, and really, if you look at their games, they haven't they haven't performed badly in any game. I mean, the only game that I, I'm looking at that they maybe should have won that they didn't was against Wolves at home in week one. But that's week one. I mean, you know, it takes a couple weeks to get back to Premier League football. Uh, drew 1-1 away at Chelsea, beat Sheffield United, beat Newcastle in the Cup, beat Bournemouth, lost 1-0 to Manchester United. That's the other. That's the only other game that I can see that Leicester should have done better. But then they beat Tottenham, and they performed really well against Liverpool this weekend, even though they didn't get the win. Yes. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers, he deserves a lot of credit because Leicester don't just look like a flash in the pan, you know, like Crystal Palace are in sixth. They look like they're up in the top four, and they're ready to fight for a Champions League spot. Yeah, they're threatening, I mean, and, and, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And you look at their team, and they obviously have Jamie Vardy, who's a, a fantastic striker, one of the best in the Premier League right now. James Madison is a really good attacking midfielder. And uh, Drew, I think you just mentioned Leicester have bought really, really well. Mm-hmm. Tielemans has looked good. Uh, Soyuncu, the center back, has looked really good as well, the young Turkish center back. 
Iose um, Perez, well. always going to have a soft spot for that man. <laughs> Absolutely love that man. But really, all across the park, I mean, you look at their team, and these aren't like world beating names, but they're performing so much more as a whole, you know, as a unit than they would as individuals. And I think that when that teams do that, it comes down to the manager. And Brendan Rodgers has really done a sensational job. They play really attractive football. They're solid at the back, really dangerous going forward. And I just think that Leicester are going to pose a real threat coming down the stretch. And that's down to Brendan Rodgers, who's, done, who's, who's overachieving with his team right now. And I think maybe we're seeing that this is, a, this is a guy who almost took Liverpool to the title like before it was cool. Like four years ago, um, and cool. I think he's he's a, a top manager. He did well at Celtic, and he's showing his class again in the Premier League with Leicester right now. So I'm gonna go with Brendan Rodgers. So uh, moving on to you, Drew. Who you got? In my most humble and unbiased opinion, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Frankie Lampard. I mean, oh. <laughs> come on. Let me let me just list off the things that that he came into. He came into a squad that lost its best player, Hazard. Came into a squad with a two-window transfer ban. He came into the squad at the beginning of the season where half of their stars were injured. And Golo Conte is just getting back to Matt Fitness. Uh, You know, Ruben left his cheek done. Rudiger done. Reese James was done. CHO done. He came in with an absolute shit show of a squad. But he is doing very well. Um, I think a lot of people were underestimating him come the beginning of the season, but, um, you know, he's actually given youth a chance. Um, and it's not just the youth either. He's getting the best out of players. Um, William is actually putting in very decent decent performances the last three or four games. Um, the ever-dreaded Alon Slow, as the Chelsea fan base <laughs> affectionately call, call him. <laughs> You know, he's, he has been putting in disaster class after disaster class. He's, he's been serviceable. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I really think Lampard uh, can come out on top. Um, it's just a matter of time now. I'll just, just see how, we're, how we'll do in the middle of the season. Then uh, he can reassess then. I think, really, the only real problem is that Ross Barkley's still in the, in the team. <sighs> yeah, you know, it's... It actually hurts. That'll me. make Ross, any squad work. It's so much potential with them, but they've been just... saying that for five years, and I'm sick yeah. of hearing it. All right, so Taryn, Taryn, Matt, which uh, who who you think made their state of their case better? You know, I I think that was also a very tight one, and I don't think that either of you are less correct, but I do think that. Sam was correct when he said that Brendan Rodgers is truly making a group of people, a group of players, play like a team together. You can see in that squad exactly what they're trying to do. And for Chelsea, it seems like they get the ball in good places for Mount and Tammy, especially, to try to have like flashes of individual skill. Whereas Leicester... They've, they've got a game plan as a unit when they attack and when they defend. And for that reason, I think I will have to give it to Sam. You know what? I, I'm going to hand it to Drew because yes. I will be the first to admit that I doubted Chelsea this season from the start. I didn't think Lampard could get it done. I didn't believe in players like Tammy Abraham. And they've done nothing but prove me wrong, so... 
I gotta hand it to Drew right. and Chelsea. On the spot, on the spot, tiebreaker question, and both of you can answer this live. What manager has won the most Champions League finals? Oh, I so can hear the fucking typing. That's me. I think I know. I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer. Oh Jesus! I heard typing. I'm like, what the fuck, Sam? <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it was you I'm, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know the person who it is. But what if neither of us get this? I don't. I don't know this off the top of my head. Well then, whoever's won more, whoever whoever right. has won uh, who's more. Going first? Oh jeez. Okay. You say someone. Most whoever's won more, you win titles. Oh, I was right with mm. who I thought it was. I'm just trying to think of who was like a good manager going back in history that would have won a lot of Champions Leagues. Oh, I I have absolutely no clue. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say Zidane because that's the first name that's popping into my head. Drew? Shit, I was gonna say uh, Carlo Ancelotti. God damn, you both. They they have both won three. They're both at the top. I thought it was Ancelotti. Um, and I just looked it up, and Zinedine Zidane and Ancelotti have actually. Well, tied great it. job, Taryn. Nice. I'm picking a tiebreaker question. Wow. All right, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and be the bigger man here. Drew, I'll give it to you. Lampard has done well this season, so I'll give you the tiebreaker. Thank I'll you, accept, thank you. accept the. I'll, I'll call it a draw, and I think I would have won with my answer in the championship round. But we'll move on to the championship well, question. Between Ancelotti Drew and did it first. Okay. Because <laughs> that without totally Ronaldo. changes things. And without Ronaldo. Also, Zidane what? is terrible, and I'm here to overreact about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, championship question. Drew versus Matt on this one. Uh, the question is, who is the least shit out of the most shit team? So basically what we're asking for is, who is the best player from outside the top six? And uh, the rules are, Leicester is considered a part of the top six. And I'm also going to consider Manchester United and Tottenham part of the top six for the purposes of this question, even though they're nowhere near that in the table. So of the rest of the best teams in the Premier League, who is the best player? Uh, we'll go with Matt because he's had more time to prepare for this question. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to have to go with Zaha for Crystal Palace. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Um, yeah, he's just a fucking absolutely class player. He puts in a great shift every time. He beats players. He works well with the team despite being more of that sort of individual kind of player. And he helps Crystal Palace be fourth in the fucking table. All right, Drew? I will say uh, Ruben Neves. You know, this guy is the anchor of his team and always has a banger in him. I mean, mm. I really don't think the the game against Man City Wolves had was a fluke. Um, I actually don't even know if he played again in that game. <laughs> Full disclosure. Full disclosure, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I just think he did. Yeah, there you go. My reasoning is, is that. But, um, yeah, he's... he's always has a banger in him. He always gives like a 7 out of 10 for Wolves. Um, and I think any team in the Premier League would uh, 
easily uh, would easily go for him had they have they had they be given the opportunity to get him. Yeah. All right, Taryn, who stated their case the best today? Hmm. Now that is a tough one, um, because Zaha and Neves really are different players. The way I'm going to go about this is who do I think would fit into a top club better, Zaha or Neves? And despite Zaha having a stint in the past with United and not doing so well, I have a hard time thinking that Neves would do well at a top side. You know, he's very good at what he does, but I think he's relatively one-dimensional. He's an excellent anchor. He can certainly spray the ball out, but he's not fit to service in many more roles. And Zaha, I think you could really move him around, and he's always going to pose a threat. He, I think, is a little more multifaceted. And for that reason, I will go with Zaha. I will award it to Matt. Wow. Oh, I thought the whole time you were about to award it to Neves. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. I think Tan remembered I was brown and immediately yeah. picked Matt. Thanks. All right. Well, um, I, it comes down to me. And, you know, uh, so much of me wants to say Neves here. But... Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna have to say Zaha as well. I mean, Neves is a really good dynamic midfielder who would offer a lot to any team. But I think that Zaha is—he's shown his class. He's been so consistent on so many occasions, and uh, I think if he was at a club other than Crystal Palace right now, for instance, if he's at United right now, I think he could change that side, totally, totally revamp that offense. Yeah. Um, that attack. So we'll give it to Zaha, and that means that Matt, you are the champion of this week's Ooh. state yet a case. I was gonna say Callum Wait, Wilson, lob. by the way. I think I mean if we weren't if if Lester wasn't part of it, I mean Vardy definitely. <laughs> right. I would have yeah. said uh, probably probably Ricardo Pereira. I mean the the Homer in me <laughs> wants to say the Homer in me wants to say Luca Dean and I do think he's that good but we're just so bad right now. Someone wrote Paul Pogba in the uh, notes for this episode which is pretty <laughs> That was me. I'll admit wow. it that was me. All right. Well, with that being said, I think it's time to move on to a new segment this week that we're debuting called VAR, Game Changing Technology or FA Hoax. Excuse me, sir. Your grace. Is that my flamethrower beside you? Why it is. Please, sir, pass it this way. Can you hand me that pistol? Over please there? don't get my lord. My lord, please yes, hand me please, the bazooka. Thank you. No blood on the couch. Please, no blood on the couch. Yes. So you got blood on the couch. Can you hand me that machine? Damn you. Yeah. Yeah, my god, we got to rob a Wells Fargo. Cause I'm robbing me to get a whole car. F.A. Hoax. All right, let's pack it up. Yeah. F.A. Hoax. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. So, okay. Whoever... Okay, let's, let's slow down. Let's slow down. So, VAR is a good system. The thing yes. is, if you put something functional in the hands of someone who's fucking stupid, it might not be functional anymore. Premier League officiating. And that is where I will rest my case. We all thought that this would help. We were all in, I know we were all in favor of VAR before this season. Turns out it's just rigged to have Liverpool win the fucking league. 
<laughs> we we, we tweeted out, by the way, shameless plug, at Yank Account Pod on Twitter, broke the internet this weekend with a, an absolutely saucy tweet. Uh, mm. Basically, the gist of it was, VAR has changed so much in the Premier League, now we can watch Liverpool players dive from five different angles in slow motion before the ref awards the pen anyways. An excellent um, But yeah, I mean, Origi, or, sorry, Mane, I keep saying Origi. Mane took a, a definite dive. I mean, was it a foul? We could debate that. It, possibly it was, but... I mean, VAR, the refereeing controversies haven't slowed down. It hasn't really fixed anything, and I feel like really, they're if just, anything, there's just more, there's more There needs to be consistency. There needs to be more consistency. Agreed. Yeah, certainly. Like, um, the, there, was a, there was an instance where they, they called it, they called something back for us. I think it was an Azpilicueta was, was offside or something, but it was like four passes before the goal was even made. Um... Then, then on a similar one, um, they let they let that go for Liverpool, where someone was offsides. They let the goal stand because they didn't call VAR back that much. So there definitely needs to be. It just seems like when a, a referee doesn't make a call, VAR it, and like you know play goes on and and minutes pass. VAR is never going to call the playoff and have like. You know, say in the referee's ear, look, stop the play now. That actually was a pen. I feel like that hasn't well, happened yet. It happens. It certainly has happened. I, I will has say it though, it has had it has had good uh, good instances. For instance, the Aubameyang goal being given for Arsenal when it was called offside yeah. against United. Well, that's I mean, it has, shit yeah, and clearly the technology should be making it better. And you know, as as bad and as inconsistent as it's been, it can only get better, and I think it will. There were going to be some kinks they had to work out. I agree. I think it's definitely it. I mean, soccer needs to have that. It's just it's impossible for one referee to make every decision correctly throughout the course of a ninety-minute yeah. game across a whole season. That's no, just. But impossible. he should. I mean, it's it is it is still an FA hoax. Let's be honest. It is rigged. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I think it's like just secretly they're just passing the footage onto the FA and the FA decides what sort of plot armor they want <laughs> yeah. to enforce in any given situation. But no, I think, I think if we can agree on the fact that VAR, despite its shortcomings, is, is something that's necessary for the future. Yeah, is that a fair summary of what we think? Agreed. I think so. Agreed. All right, still settled. Still, still the jury's still out, yeah, but for now, we're, we're willing to give it some more time. But it is All a right. hoax. Well... <laughs> but still um, with that being said we'll move on to our final segment of the day the brew review Today, I'm not the only one that was able to get this beer, thankfully. Last time, I was the only one that actually picked it up. So we have a couple of uh, different palettes on the case this week. Uh, this week, we have Blue Moon's Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. Uh, so apparently, they got a pumpkin spice everything now. Like, damn. I mean, like, come on, thing. Pumpkin spice everything. All right, let's bust uh, it open. And so I'm, I'm cracking it open right now. Give me a second. I'll go get one. Oh, you don't even have one in front of you, mate. What is this? Right, Preparation. I one. Preparation. I wanted it to. Be I, I always bring two with me just in case I finish it beforehand. I'm you pouring know, it out now. It's got to be uh, said. It it might be a little basic, but this is some good shit. Yeah, it's it pours a nice sort of amber color, a nice one finger head foamy on the top. Uh, having a little sip here. Definitely get the 
the spicy notes like there it, it actually does taste like just sort of a hint of pumpkin spice alongside sort of like a, a nice sort of malty uh almost like the oktoberfest we reviewed last week a little bit like that mm-hmm. With just sort of a hint of spice, yeah. and it's honestly, it's a really nice beer. I like it a lot, it is. especially for right. the, the fall months when it's getting a little cooler. It does have a really got nice a fresh one? To it. I've got a fresh one right here. You're gonna hear me. <laughs> well, well, Taryn pours it. up. Matt, let's let's hear your uh, your Premier League team comparison here. You know what? Honestly, uh, I was just thinking. I think this is the Liverpool of beers because it's fucking Ooh, basic. Whoa. Um, and the ignorant masses will it'll appeal to them and they'll like it um, and they'll hop on the bandwagon because of you know it's that time of year and it's seasonal oh and it's doing well um, but y- you know for as much flack as you give it it's pretty good <laughs> I think that's Justin Everton fans like pers- perspective on this year um, I'm going to give it to Leicester City because at Ooh. the start of the, at the start of the uh, when I opened it up I didn't really expect too much from it. You know, it's Blue Moon. I tried their mango wheat beer. Didn't really like that. I was expecting something sort of like really sweet and not like very flavorful. But it's very, very surprising. And and when you take your first sort of sip, the early notes of it hit you. And you can see it's it's got a lot more mm-hmm. to it than what meets the eye. So I'm going to give that one uh, Leicester City a, 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 a 16 out of 20. I guess, if we're looking at the table uh, for this beer. Well recommended. Definitely go grab yourself a, a bottle. Taryn, what do you think? You know, I, I really enjoy this beer. It's 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 a little bit sweet, and my cat just knocked something over. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit sweet. The aftertaste, unlike many beers, is actually quite pleasant, I think. It leaves the a little bit of the aroma of a pumpkin in... Towards the back of your tongue, Shocking. you know, very, very unique. And I would not have note, expected that from a pumpkin beer. <laughs> indeed, and and on that note, you know, things that are, and it's certainly a bizarre beer. It doesn't taste like what you would expect. And if we're talking bizarre things and something la- lingering in the back of your throat, I can't think of a better a better correlation than to Sean Dyke himself. So this is going to have to be a <laughs> The ginger lunch. Pirlo. Or sorry, not the ginger Pirlo. The ginger uh, Mourinho. I was thinking of yeah, Jack Colback so, as the ginger Pirlo. <laughs> Jack Very right, different. You know, very, right now... A lot more sarcasm on the Colback one. Right now, it's, it's very good. But drink a couple more of them, and you'll probably be pretty hoarse in your throat. And after a while, it'll just be shit. <laughs> And then if you ignore it, it might get good Sean again. Dyke. Yeah, but it's still sort of better like than Everton. You know, they went to Europe, <laughs> we can and that, that was when you started ignoring it, and they became shit again. And because then, it just you know, doesn't hold up to the up. European standard. Right. Yeah, like it's, it's no, a good beer, but when you compare it to the European standard, it doesn't quite hold up. Right, so you can forget, so what, is the, uh, what is the verdict? You can forget about all of those, because this Bud Light beats it all. <laughs> okay, Bud Light actually is Liverpool, so, though. <laughs> so which which team, which team though? Because I was actually toying with the idea of Leicester myself. So. I, I like the Leicester comparison. I'm I like I like the it. Sean Dyke. I like the Sean Dyke comparison too, though. You know, we all have our own opinions. All have different palettes, so we can we can agree that each team represents it in a different sort of way. Sean Dyke. Is Sean Dyke. That's true. I think it's Dyche. That's true, but I do think. Dyche. I do think that we should keep some sort of spreadsheet of our 
beer to Premier League yeah. comparisons all right. for reference. Well, if that's the case, then Leicester City, are we all good with that? that Leicester? That, that yep, yep, with that. It's a Leicester City, boys. It's Sean Dyke is more of a Gordon's Dude. finest titanium, personally. A little rough, <laughs> such a, such a little a, rough, a but Guinness he'll get you fucking ale. juiced, lad. Unknown <laughs> reference. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely unknown reference there. No, it's but, fine. Uh, you can cut this. Sean Dyke, that yeah, that could around. be a Milwaukee's best. Ooh, we just shooting the shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That being said, I think that brings us to the close of this week's episode of the Yank Account. Next week we have some good matches coming up in the Premier League: Everton, West Ham, Tottenham, Watford, Chelsea, Newcastle. The first real test for Frank Lampard. Uh, other than that, of course, the game that'll stick out is Man United Liverpool. But I think we all know how that's gonna go. Uh, I am not gonna watch that. Well, I mean, it, it, it does have to be noted that there is an international break, which means Everton will be picking up as many points this weekend as they have the last four. True, we have the international break. It's not. It's not until the nineteenth of October. Although well, I guess that's, well, Matt. Yeah, so that's two weeks. The, the thing about international break is that Everton may not pick up some points, but history says that they might pick up some injuries. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Hopefully you all can like contain your boredom until until next time. But with that being said, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for tuning into the Yank account. Hope you have a good one and uh, enjoy the international break. But thank you all lads for joining me, and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.